Hello, this is Paper Radio with a story for our FM channel. The Sound of Music is by Melbourne writer Tom Cho. At first, all you can see are clouds, then an aerial view of mountains, then a green valley, and a lake, and suddenly an open grassy area, and then there's me, spinning around with my arms outstretched, and I am singing. Or, more specifically, I'm thinking about singing. As usual, I have come to the hills to think. Today, among other topics, I've been thinking about singing. It's interesting, really, because my auntie Ping loves singing. Just as I have a tendency to run to the hills and think, auntie Ping has a tendency to begin spontaneously singing regardless of the context. In China, auntie Ping was a riverboat gambler whose real passion was singing. However, she could not find any singing work. She migrated to Australia in search of a better life. And now she's an officer in the Danish Imperial Navy who lives in a beautiful mansion in France. At any rate, I soon realised that I do not have time to think any further about Auntie Ping or singing or anything else. This is because the bells of the Abbey have started ringing. I'm going to be late for chapel, so I run to the Abbey. At the Abbey... Sister Berta smugly informs me that I have been summoned to see Mother Superior. I go to Mother Superior's office and I wait nervously outside until, eventually, it is time for me to enter. Inside her office, Mother Superior is waiting at her desk for me. She asks me to come to her. I immediately rush over and kiss her hand and apologise for being late for chapel. I tell her that I just couldn't help myself and that I had to go to the hills to think. I confess that lately, I cannot seem to stop thinking about anything and everything. I want to query and ponder every angle and possibility of so many issues. Mother Superior nods and declares that I certainly seem to engage in a lot of reflection and questioning. She then takes my hands and gently tells me that perhaps my vocational strengths are better suited to another industry. She pauses before informing me that she would like to make arrangements for me to look after the children of a Captain Von Trapp. I immediately kiss Mother Superior's hand again and I beg her to let me finish my training as a nun. However, Mother Superior firmly tells me that it is time for me to leave the Abbey for a while. So, a few days later, I pack my bags and go to Captain Von Trapp's impressive-looking villa. Unfortunately, when I meet Captain Von Trapp, I find that I do not get along well with him at all. It turns out that he is very cold to me, and I soon become worried about whether he likes me or not. However, via a process of disobeying the captain's orders, talking with the captain about 80s television shows and pop songs, and winning the hearts of the Von Trapp children and teaching them how to sing the major diatonic scale, Captain Von Trapp and I eventually end up becoming much closer. In fact, soon Captain Von Trapp and I are having sex and falling in love. Once we have gotten together, I find myself incredibly drawn to Captain Von Trapp and he to me. We start spending a great deal of time with each other in his villa. We want to be together all the time. 
As a result, by the end of the month, we are already finishing each other's sentences and laughing at exactly the same time and in exactly the same way. We start dressing alike. We start walking alike. We even start having the same desires and ambitions. At times, I find myself wondering if so much clinginess and commonality between two people is a good thing. How do you solve a problem like codependency? But the thing is, it eventually becomes apparent that Captain Von Trapp and I are not merging in a typical couple sense. In fact, it soon becomes obvious that something quite different is happening. What is happening is this. I am becoming more and more like Captain Von Trapp. I've begun wearing clothes that are very similar to the captain's clothes. I've begun to copy the captain's gestures. I've begun to insist that people call me Captain. There's so much about the captain that I like. There's the air of confidence that surrounds him. There is his ability to look so good in a suit. There is the way his stern manner commands authority. He is wealthy and sophisticated. He is even a good dancer. No wonder I find it incredibly satisfying to become a man who is like Captain Von Trapp. However, this state of affairs soon raises various issues. In particular, the question, how do you solve a problem like codependency, is soon replaced by a more pressing question. Can who you like to do also be bound up in issues of who you are or want to be? Unfortunately, Captain Von Trapp is in no mood to query and ponder every angle and possibility of this issue. He becomes uneasy about the changes in me, and we start to argue about the new me. He tries to take a disciplinary approach. He orders me to stop answering the telephone as him. He becomes angry when other people mistake me for him. He tries to stop me repeating everything he says a second after he says it. I do not blame him for his anger and discomfort, but it eventually forces me to flee. Not to the hills to think, but straight to the abbey to seek the counsel of the person who first led me to Captain Von Trapp. Inside her office, Mother Superior is waiting at her desk for me. She asks me to come to her. I immediately rush over and kiss her hand, and then I ask her, Can who you like to do also be bound up in issues of who you are or want to be? As soon as I voice this question, I fear that Mother Superior will think that I am once again reflecting and questioning too much. Interestingly, Mother Superior does no such thing. Instead, upon hearing my question, she abruptly confesses to me that she has always wanted to have sex with the Fonz from Happy Days. As soon as she says this, she looks away from me. But I immediately tell her that I am a huge fan of the Fonz and that I grew up being inspired by the Fonz as a role model of masculinity. When Mother Superior hears this, she looks a little more at ease. I then confess to her my own secret Fonz-related fantasy. Observe. I am the Fonz, looking really cool and handsome, and I am standing in the centre of a room wearing a leather jacket and jeans. I click my fingers. Suddenly, some other really cool and handsome guys wearing leather jackets and jeans run up to me and drape themselves seductively over me and begin stroking my hair. These really cool and handsome guys then click their fingers. Suddenly, 
more really cool and handsome guys wearing leather jackets and jeans run up and drape themselves seductively over the first set of really cool and handsome guys and begin stroking their hair. This second set of really cool and handsome guys then click their fingers. Suddenly, even more really cool and handsome guys wearing leather jackets and jeans run up and drape themselves seductively over this second set of really cool and handsome guys and begin stroking their hair. This pattern continues until the room is completely filled with really cool and handsome guys wearing leather jackets and jeans who are draped seductively over each other and are stroking each other's hair and I, as the Fonz, am in the centre of it all. Once she hears the relatively more excessive nature of my Fonz-related fantasy, Mother Superior looks relieved. We look at each other and we smile. Mother Superior then takes my hands and gently tells me that I must find out for myself if who I like to do is also bound up in issues of who I am or want to be. She suggests that I escape from Austria and go to Switzerland to try to live as someone more like Captain Von Trapp. She also adds that if I'm impressionable enough to want to become more like someone else, then I should have the courage to live out my fantasy. I kiss Mother Superior's hand again and thank her for her advice. However, I also explain to her that it is simplistic just to say that I'm impressionable. In a sense, aren't we all composites of the influences of various entities in our lives? Family members, friends, lovers, certain people we watch on TV, characters we read in books, etc, etc. And surely some of these things are influential because they do appeal to our fantasies? And yet, while our fantasies allow us the pleasure of imagining who we might be, can't they also make us painfully conscious of who we currently are? But Mother Superior is too busy singing the song Climb Every Mountain to listen to me properly. At any rate, Mother Superior is right about me going to Switzerland. So I go and pack for my trip, and then I say my goodbyes to all of the nuns, some of whom seem secretly glad to see me go. The Nazis have closed the borders, so I must make the last leg of my journey to Switzerland on foot. But, eventually, I make it to the Austrian Alps, and this is where I am to be seen, climbing the mountains to a different kind of life in Switzerland. There I am, walking up a mountain, looking and acting a lot like Captain Von Trapp, and thinking about every issue and angle and possibility of my new life, while a chorus sings Climb Every Mountain, And then there is a wider shot of the surrounding countryside with its lakes and greenery. And then an aerial shot of the mountains. And finally, all you can see are clouds. The story you just heard is from Tom Cho's collection, Look Who's Morphing. It was read by Tom Cho, with sound design from John Chia and illustration from Mark Martin. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to visit us at paperradio.net for more.